0: Welcome to FranPath Consulting Podcast.
1: I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie, And we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Doing really well. How's your week been? Busy. I, and I know yours has been too because <laughs> we've been on the phone a lot. We've talked to some really great clients. It's been a good week. I can't complain. Yeah, I feel like we're definitely knee deep in brands um, and learning and there's a lot of new ones being released for the end of the year, which is pretty exciting. I know
0: we've got a good one that's going to come on later today, but I know you texted me earlier and said you had a good story. So I want to hear that first before we get into our guests for the day.
1: Yeah, I saved it because I want to make sure it's authentic. So I always tell you, you know, it's interesting how our kids pick up on everything. And Max came out of nowhere and he said, do you know that Peyton Manning and Shaq are franchisees? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, well, did you show them their franchises? <laughs> and <laughs> I will tell you, he's Pretty disappointed that I don't have that type of clout. <laughs> that I'm just smiling and dialing <laughs> with Peyton and Shaq. But I did tell him, yeah, if I I didn't, but if I did, I'm not sure I would have sold him a Burger King or a Papa John's. But <laughs> all of the famous people, they all jump into
0: food, and and we know franchising is way more than food. You know, other than those two, there's lots of other athletes that are in franchising. Um, you know, that we can name. But there's also a few additional people that we love that are in franchising.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think this is as good of time as any because I know exactly by the look on your face and nobody can see it what you're going to confess to. And, and I'll just say it. Brittany and I are both um, real housewives fanatics. And to anybody that doesn't know what the real housewives are, they are women Middle-aged women living in cities across the United States that are filmed <laughs> so for enjoyment of other, probably middle-aged women <laughs> living across <laughs> the United States. Right. And there's nothing educational about it, but the premise is, you know, lifestyle. And it's pretty exciting to me that we're watching somebody, you know, that's has a really great lifestyle that we'd all dream to have. And She happens to be a franchisee, and that's how she built her wealth. There are a lot of people
0: in franchising. So, um, yeah, we we love the Real Housewives. That is a fun fact about us. As you listen to our podcast, you're going to learn more about us personally. But to all the men out there that may not know what the Real Housewives are,
1: your wives probably do. Yeah. And if you're dating, I would just watch a few episodes because that's a great one to set you apart from the pack. (laughs) Really. (laughs) Follow us for more dating tips as well. We are franchise matchmakers, but we can also help you out. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we can. Well, let's pivot and let's
0: introduce our guests for the day. I know we're really excited to have this
1: power couple, if you will, on today. Yes, we have Josh and Zach From horsepower brands who are making a huge splash in franchising and have such a long, well-respected history in franchising and outside of franchising, the private equity space, investment space, you guys are just the ones to watch. And we're so excited to have you on today just to talk to us a little bit more. Thanks for making time, guys.
2: Pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot, guys.
1: So if you guys don't mind, could you just start by introducing yourselves and getting the opportunity to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing?
2: Yes, I can I can start. Um, as Sam and Brittany said, you know, Josh Skolnick with Horsepower Brands, um, you know, my journey in franchising began about 10 years ago with my first uh, business by the name of Monster Tree Service. Um, I didn't launch that business with the intention of franchising it, but after Uh, growing it to what many would consider to be an 800-pound gorilla in eastern Pennsylvania over the course of four years. I was looking for what the next step would be. And I recognized that franchising was one vertical I could go versus uh, opening uh, corporate stores and wearing all the responsibility on my own shoulders with a bunch of employees. And franchisees would be great business partners to help realize uh, my dream of seeing my brand across the country. And that's the path I chose um, back in early 2012, and have never looked back and have been involved in many fa- franchise ventures over the years. Uh, grew Monster Tree Service to 240 franchise locations before exiting that brand to Authority Brands out of Columbia, Maryland. Um, I then acquired in 2018 a franchise organization by the name of Red Box Plus, which Sam, I had the uh, luxury of working with you on that one when you helped uh, in the development department. And uh, that business had four locations when I acquired it, and over a three year period, Uh, until June of 2021, we awarded 305 franchise units, successfully opened all of them, had 100% success rate, and um, exited that business to the Belfort Franchise Group. And today, Zach and I uh, work together uh, building a portfolio brand by the name of Horsepower Brands. um, And our first brand that we launched under uh, that portfolio is Mighty Dog Roofing, which we've grown um, in 2021 over 155 franchise units. And we still have a few months to go in a year, uh, being that it's only uh, November. And um, we've got many other acquisitions. We just uh, announced Blingle, our holiday lighting and outdoor and event lighting brand. And we've got about five other acquisitions that are under LOI. And uh, we, you'll often hear the phrase uh, from us called uh, 25 in by 25, because we look to be in 25 brands and verticals by 2025, and we'll elaborate later in the show about what we're doing there. So, Zach, why don't you give a little bit of your background?
3: Yeah, uh, so I, uh, I've i been in franchising since I was uh, 20 years old. I was a franchisee of a concept called Complete Nutrition, uh, moved from Nebraska uh, uh, down to Tallahassee, Florida, didn't know a soul, opened my first franchise and first business when I just had turned 21. I uh, had a lot of success with that uh, uh, brand early on. Uh, quickly, within two years, built it up to uh, seven locations throughout the state of Florida. I uh, got up to $8 million in revenue, and then that industry changed, and I was such a young guy, and I wasn't refining my skills or bettering myself, and I ended up losing everything. And I had to restart, so I partnered with a franchisee who had about 10 locations, and I'll never forget, I negotiated a $22,000 annual salary. For future equity and growth and future locations? And the answer I got was, well, we're not going to grow that much. And lo and behold, three years later, we had added 58 locations across the country. And so I did that for about a decade and then um, at, uh, sold some equity and got out of that. And yeah, I got into franchise development. That's where I met Josh. We met in a pool in Cancun. And from that day, we've been on the the same wavelength, same page. I mean, we just really hit it off and I just think there's people that you're destined to work with. And I think Josh and I fit that mold. Um, But um, for Josh's first brand, Monster Tree Service, I did all the development on that brand, all the development for Redbox plus creating the presentations, managing the teams, and then was building out other franchise brands and really saw a place where there's just, there's uh, things heading in the wrong direction in franchising. Josh felt the same way. And uh, we wanted to come in and disrupt the market and do things right. And uh, really focus on franchisee profitability.
0: So I love to hear you say that you kind of fell down and picked yourself back up and, and started all over again, if you will. And you've had such great success. I think Sam and I can also relate to the fact that you're destined to be partners together. I think Sam and I feel that sentiment together. Um, tell us a little bit more about your two brands that you mentioned in the beginning. So I'd love to start with Mighty Dog.
2: Zach, I'll let you take Mighty Dog Roofing and Blingle. As the uh, head of development, you can you can explain it better than anybody.
3: Yeah. So when we look at different franchise brands that, that we look at acquiring, there's a few things that are non-negotiables for us. Um, the first is that we want to have industries that are uh, very established and competitive, but yet very unsophisticated competition. So When you look at uh, a monster tree service, uh, that was a great example where, I mean, there's a tree service guy around every corner, but no national competitors and no one was doing it well. And when you think about starting a business, if you don't have a lot of competitive or there's not a lot of competition in a space in the business that you're looking at, that means it's not a proven market. And that's scary. That's scary to me. So when we look at concepts to acquire, we want... um, big industries that are competitive, but yet still unsophisticated. So roofing, for an example, is the largest average ticket for any home service uh, um, repair. So when you look at your home, that's the most expensive item. When you also look at roofing, it's the least trusted home service industry out there. So uh, what better place for franchising to come into a, number one, a fragmented space that's easy to break into and establish market presence But number two we're in franchising we can leverage the system to create more uh, more informative sales process that creates a better experience for the homeowner which and results in more trust so with that brand we leverage technology so we use a drone to measure the entire roof of the home we it leverages ai technology where it can actually find damage and uh, this is important because you can provide a report to the homeowner that actually shows them the damage And that report is also kept by insurance companies. Um, So when we look at that service, the franchisees, uh, we actually don't want them to have any roofing experience. That's important to us. We want people that can run an effective business, manage and lead people, and then we'll help them uh, partner with the right subcontractors to do the installation. And so what they really are is a sales and marketing engine in the local area for roofing. That's really what they're doing is they're they're acquiring a lead, doing an estimate and then managing the production.
1: So what I'm hearing you say is we're not looking for roofers. We're not looking for people that need to know what to do there. We're looking for business people.
3: Yeah, we're look- so if you think about the role of an owner for roofing, it's going to be somebody that manages a sales team, uh, someone that can be organized and manage an installation process. So if you're an executive and you have a lot of a corporate and executive experience and a lot of people management history, especially managing different salespeople, I mean, it's a perfect match where you can get in and really leverage your experience to grow a big business.
2: One of the things that we experience with all of our brands is that when we begin setting up vendor relationships, typically vendors' eyebrows raise at you know franchising. Um, nobody's franchised this industry before, or people have tried it. And I think both of uh, you guys, uh, Sam and Brittany, from your franchise development experience in the past, you know, you've probably seen this with some of the brands that you've worked with, that it's, we're kind of paving a a new path of, of an industry. And we always talk about how we're trendsetters and, you know, the feedback we get early on is that this is exciting. You seem like, you know what you're doing. You've got a track record of success. We're going to buy into that principle and we're going to get behind you guys. And, and they get extremely aggressive to be able to partner with us. And then it takes about six months in any of the industries that we're in where they come back to us. And I say, this is amazing. Like you guys are revolutionizing an industry that's been so fragmented for so many years, because you're actually taking business people that are working on a business as opposed to in the business. And all of the industries we get into, there are a tremendous amount of great contractors in those industries already. And every all of the markets we go into already have service providers. It's just that we do it uh, with a much better experience to the consumer. Um, a higher level of honesty and integrity and transparency through all of our sales processes and the way that we manage our job sites additionally to everything else that we do. So um, it's very refreshing, I think, to the vendors we work with and the general public per se that they're getting access to what we're delivering. And it's because our franchisees are really looking to grow and scale a business. They're not focused on, you know, can I be the best installer of a roof or Could I be the fastest person to ever tear off and replace a roof? That's not the focus. They surround themselves with good people, whether it be employees plus their subcontractors, and then uh, get out there and, and really shine within the local community growing and developing a business.
0: You know, I think that Zach has done a great job of, you know, leading his team and developing the brand, and you've had incredible momentum with adding new franchisees. Josh, one of the things that I've always really respected about you is how well you support your franchisees, and I think that speaks for itself and why so many people are buying into a horsepower brand. So talk a little bit, if you would, about how you support the franchisees.
2: So success of our franchisees at Horsepower Brands is paramount in everything that we do. The most valuable asset we have is not just the people that work at the corporate organization, but it's also our franchisees because without them, we don't have anything to show up every day and do. So what I've really put a focus on and, and the phrase you'll hear me often say is that as a franchise where I believe our obligation is to provide a level of services and support to our franchisees that allow them to focus on the things that make them money. And in a service space that is sales and production. So they can focus on those two things while we're taking care of everything else and supporting them. um, You know, it really is a recipe for success, but it's also the entrepreneurial support that we provide to our franchisees. So oftentimes you'll hear me say, uh, many franchisors will provide the maximum that's required of them per the franchise agreement. And while you hear that word maximum in there, it sounds impressive, but all they're doing is the bare minimum. And so we always look to try as to be as involved as possible in everything that we do. And we don't look at franchising as a one size fits all. So all of our franchisees that get into each one of our brands follow the same systems and processes, but we recognize that those systems and processes may not fit each individual's learning abilities, their skill sets, and everything else that it takes to run a business. So we approach things on a one-on-one basis where we do regular business review calls with our franchisees. We're constantly running uh, what many would be familiar with as like a SWOT analysis, uh, going through compre- comprehensive operational service reports to understand where is their, where are their strengths and where are their weaknesses. And then wherever they're weak, that's okay because we recognize that every franchisee is not gonna be well-rounded in all aspects of their business. Some turn out to be, but it, it most don't. And so I think that's one of the things I always tell every franchise buyer is, you know understand like you, you're not an expert in this business, you're never going to be, but you've got to trust the team that's around you. And so when we can identify the areas that someone is weak in, we can provide that additional support to be able to pick them up. Um, and the last thing is, is that we really put a very strong focus on franchisee profitability. When you come into business ventures like zach and i have done with horsepower brands one of the things that we didn't touch on when we started the podcast is you know this is not a private equity backed venture this is a venture that zach and i own together that we've committed over a hundred million dollars in personal capital to grow brands responsibly and what that means is that we want to help other people realize the american dream of business ownership and you'll hear us talk about how we want to create as many millionaires along the way as possible within our businesses, because that's truly what brings great satisfaction to us on a daily basis. So you'll always find us challenging ourselves. We do regular offsite meetings as an organization to say, and Zach and I as visionaries, surrounded by fantastic integrators in each one of our brands, you know, we take a lot of time to get involved and, you know, we spend sixty to ninety minutes once a week with every brand on a level 10 meeting. We're constantly challenging our people. We're pushing them to raise the bar. And we're, we're challenging why are we not offering these services to continue to move the needle? Because at the end of the day, what we've learned is if you make the upfront investment and every brand we launch, we invest in the neighborhood of $5 million upfront infrastructures at a minimum 10 to 15 people before we sell the first franchise location beyond what's already in place at the time of acquisition. And so what we're able to do is, um, you know, just really invest, really invest in the people, And we're not focused on how do we make a profit as quick as possible because rising tides rises all boats and we'll all reach scale together. And that's truly what the focus is for us and everything that we do.
3: Yeah, Josh, I want to hit on something that I always talk about after you say that is when you look at franchising, less than 5% of franchisors will get to 100 active territories. And when you look at that, what the IFA says is the average time to get there, the average is 10 years or longer. So there's less than 300 brands that have 100 active territories, and we've been fortunate enough to do that and to, to take three brands to over 100 territories in the first year of development. And we've done that three times in a row. But if you think about growing a brand aggressively, and when Josh says five million dollars for infrastructure, well, if you for uh, you know it was with one of the brands we have coming out, we had to pre-order 75 chassis from Ford to make sure that when we launch franchisees that there's equipment for them to actually use. What, I mean, if you're just a normal uh, uh, franchise brand and your corporate location is doing a few million bucks a year, you, know, you, know, you don't have the capital to do that. So you, you're going to be growing at the three to five locations a year, and that's where you're dying the slow death. And I think when, when you look at the experience that we have in my, uh, doing this, my favorite quote is you know, good decisions come from experience and, good des- or, and experience comes from bad decisions. We made that mistake with Monster Tree. Now, when we look for when we're forward thinking, when we launch these brands to make sure that we can grow them aggressively, but also get them open on time.
1: I experienced that with you guys working on Redbox. Just there's not many franchisors out there that pre-order equipment, that take the time and energy to do that. And we know what you guys offer, I think, from the franchise perspective and being as well-respected as you are, but when we're talking to clients, who are you looking for, for your brands? I know you have two separate ones that are currently in your inventory and more to come. So what type of person seems to work best for, I guess we can start with a mighty dog and then move into a Blingo.
3: Well, I guess I'll, I'll answer it to what I think. Every franchise and business, there's a few personalities that are necessary. And the first is optimistic if you're not if you're not optimistic you're you're going to have a really hard time leading people and solving problems with maintaining positivity so a lot of times on the first call we'll ask is the glass half full or is the glass half empty and you can quickly tell who the who's optimistic and who's pessimistic um and so when you look at that personality trait and working with franchisees in a culture in any business that you start no matter if it's the best franchise or the worst there's always going to be problems that you run into and optimistic franchisees are looking for a way to solve those problems and they're looking for the franchise to help them versus pessimistic people are looking for why it went wrong and to really spend all of their time and focus on why it went wrong rather than fixing it. So when you look at optimistic uh, personality, that's, a, that's an important one. The second is the ability to make decisions with less than, than less than adequate data. So, in business, there's no way you as an entrepreneur, you do have to lead with your gut sometimes, and towards the end of our process, we do apply pressure to the candidates on purpose, and we, we openly tell them that you're going to start to feel pressure from us because we know that uh, to get to make this decision you're going to have eighty percent of the the information and what we know about franchise ease is that the ones that have the confidence in themselves to do this and make the leap are great, and the ones that we have to really coddle and, and spend you know, a month after the decision was supposed to be made and they have to talk themselves into that decision, make low performing franchisees 100% of the time. And so we, we apply pressure so that the people that probably aren't right for business ownership or they really have to get 100% of the information to make the decision are kind of weeded out if that makes sense. So those two things, I guess, in my experience for any franchise brand or business are necessary. For, uh, for our brands at Horsepower, we obviously re- we require those two. But the, the other one is an empire builder personality. A lot of our franchisees are excited to buy other franchise concepts and bolt them onto their existing. And we're the only franchise conglomerate brand out there that's taking a lot of capital, going out and, and acquiring a brand in its infancy, putting all the capital behind it, doing all of the hard work and growing it versus going out and finding a brand with 250 territories and buying it, holding it, and then flipping it three years down the road. So this allows our franchisees to get access to new brands with wide open territory availability. And so a lot of our franchisees say that they want to build this business up, put the leadership in place, put, uh, find the right people, and then they want to add another brand on top of that to diversify and uh, create uh, more wealth for them and their families. So for us, that empire builder mentality is an important one for horsepower candidates. And then we're sales and marketing guys. And so when we look at concept, concepts, we're immediately drawn into the ones that we can really dial in the marketing. So if we look at concepts and the marketing just we know is going to work or certain ways we have that figured out ahead of time, then we know that we need people that can manage, uh, manage sales teams. Um, so for Mighty Dog specifically, people that manage a team of salespeople do really well in our concept.
2: Zach, one thing I would add, too, is obviously the individuals need to be coachable. Um, they're getting into a business that they know nothing about, so they have to be willing to take coaching um, and recognize that that's going to be, you know, our our leading them and mentoring them with some of their past experiences into that. And then more importantly, being a risk taker as well, because getting into business is obviously taking a risk. But um, you've got to be willing to do that. And, and, you know, it's one of the things we really encourage our uh, people to do is get outside their comfort zone and take a risk because that means you're trying to achieve more and zach mentioned a key point is uh, confidence in those individuals but one of the things we talk about in our core values with the horsepower brands organization is there's a big difference between confidence and arrogance it's good to be confident but what you don't want to be is arrogant and so you know we're not looking for that person that says i'm going to be your biggest franchisee I'm going to own the most concepts within your business because most of the time when people tell you that stuff, it doesn't really come to fruition. Um, I think all of us can say that in all the years we've been in franchising, you look back and every time you said to yourself, that person's going to be the best franchisee in this system, I think we've all got it wrong at some point. And then there's somebody that you think is going to just be, hey, this is going to be a great franchisee. They'll be an average performer and they end up turning out to be a top performer somebody that is a candidate that says, I don't want to be your biggest guy. I just want to replace my income. I want to do well. I want to have better control of my time. And then they end up being your biggest guy because they just approach it from a humble mindset. And, and so it's, um, you know, it's a lot of key things that we look for. And there's one last piece I would add is that, you know, you hear in franchising oftentimes talked about that selling franchises is truly an awards process, not a sales process. And, you know, I remember when I first got into the industry and I heard that phrase, I'm like, this is BS. Like, Come on everyone's selling a franchise like but then I made the mistake in my first franchise system of selling franchises and then ended up with some bad franchisees. and then it really brought me back to that comment I heard when I got into the industry and now you know what our what we realize and what our franchise candidates realize is that this is truly an awards process because we're very upfront, we're transparent. We let people know that it isn't always going to be the right fit for everybody. Um, and, and so we have a hard job sometimes in the franchise development side of things of being upfront and telling somebody like, hey, this is a bad fit for you. Um, and that's where people like yourselves on the consulting side, you know, really help us as a franchisor, because, you know, when you can really take that time upfront to work with a candidate and prepare them and better understand, you know, where their skill sets are going to be best applied. And what businesses are going to match best with them? It allows us to do what we're really good at. And that's continue to develop entrepreneurs that can get into a business and focus our time and energy on the right people so that those people that choose to partner with us as franchisees know that we're going to continuously grow the organization, providing an immense amount of value to the asset that they're building. Because every new business venture starts with an extra strategy, and that someday, At at some point, someday, every franchisee is going to want to sell their business. There's very few people I meet to say this is a legacy business that I'm going to pass on to my children and my grandkids. This is a business to subsidize income, replace existing income, and then at some point they're going to want to exit that. And when you're growing at the pace that we are at Horsepower, bringing the type of quality brands we're bringing to the table, our franchisees are going to see some really handsome exits over the years because we will be we will have brands that will be sold out across the country legacy brands that will be sought out by many
0: I love that you know my first boss in franchising he called it a mutual valuation process and it stuck with me he always said franchises are awarded remember it's a mutual valuation process you're looking for the right brand as a candidate and then as a franchisor, you're looking for the right franchisees. You mentioned that you're building all of these great brands. I know we talked about Mighty Dogs. Um, tell us a little bit more about Blingle.
3: Yeah, Blingle is uh, an out- a holiday lighting and outdoor lighting franchise. So when you looked at, again, we looked at spaces that have a lot of competitors, but no one sophisticated. In the holiday and outdoor lighting concept, there's no national competitors. Uh, there's uh, a tremendous amount of demand especially for the holiday lighting side. And because it's shortened into four to five months of the year, it's pretty easy to break into the marketplace and uh, establish some market share. And when we took our, uh, the digital marketing agency that we acquired, we took that and we we ran our analysis on digital advertising and effectiveness. And it's probably one of the lowest cost per lead brands that we found. And so uh, in that industry, uh, specifically, uh, we we had a hard time with it initially because um, what happens is that you run out of lights right away. Uh, every so when if somebody launches in the holiday lighting space, uh, they typically don't have that much capital, and so when they sell out their lights, they're done for the season, and then they spend every dollar they make on ordering more lights for the next season. Well, when we looked at our history of we you know how many franchisees we can bring on the first year, there was not a single wholesale distributor that could service us. So um, we, we, we had a whole tough time. So we made a decision that we were going to become the wholesale distributor ourselves. And we ordered $5 million worth of lights from Asia. And we're going to import them ourselves and provide those to the franchisees. And by doing that, our franchisees get immediate access to inventory, lower prices and then anywhere else they can get it. Um, and for us, we can feed lights to franchisees which produce more revenue, which produce more royalties. Uh, so uh, one of the two biggest problems in that industry is access to inventory when you need it. So we solved that one in the second is uh, adding on seasonal demand when um, when uh, that demand is higher than you can service. So with horsepower, we have an internal recruitment department that has already assembled a national subcontractor database across uh, four different industries. And as we add more brands, we constantly add more and more subcontractors to that that other brands get access to. And then our, our actual recruiters help uh, identify subcontractors as well as key employees within the franchisees' businesses. And um, we're able to find them the labor uh, during times when there's a shortage. So we can provide them the inventory, we can provide them the labor, and we already have the advertising figured out through Franchise Rocket. So uh, we felt that that was a winning combination.
2: When you look at everything that we're doing, people ask us, how come you're getting involved in so many different industries? Well, that's a given because we're getting into complementary industries that franchisees can bolt onto their existing businesses, um, build their own portfolio within our portfolio of brands. And then additionally, we wanna service all aspects of the home. They're very complementary. And then when you look at the service verticals, what we're doing that's unique um, as an umbrella company is we're getting involved in as many of the service verticals to support our franchisees, because I've learned over the years, especially with Monster Tree and Redbox Plus, that in Monster, I was only as good as my vendors. And so we did a great job supporting our franchisees, but we had no control over the distribution of the equipment. And at times we would fall behind because we were at the mercy of manufacturers and dealers and distributors that we we had no control over in Redbox plus we manufactured all of our equipment so we had total control over it and it was a tremendous success we never missed a launch everybody had what they needed we were always able to meet the demands of the franchisees and then with horsepower brands one of the things that zach and i said to ourselves from day one is that we have to be involved in as many of the vendor side of things as possible because A or a big extension to a franchisor, but beyond the employees they have and the service and support they provide to their franchisees, is the vendors they work with that the franchisees are going to have to do business with. And so when you think of Zach mentioned Franchise Rocket, like we went out and acquired a digital marketing agency that we've worked with for the last three to four years because we recognize that A, they were fantastic at what they did, they operated with a high level of honesty and integrity. And most importantly, we wanted to create that transparency throughout entire system. And we wanted to control the cost. And so we want to make sure that we can deliver these services uh, to our franchisees at the absolute best prices. And so when you become much larger and and you're with a specific vendor, you know, you might think you have control because you're a large customer, but you really don't. It's actually harder for the business to try to transition over to a new vendor if it's in a digital marketing side. One of the things we talk about, like for our franchisees, you know, they have no monthly, you know, on their monthly, you know, paid advertising funds. We're not charging any fees for that. Since we own the franchise, we want to control the cost where most digital marketing agencies charge between 20 and 40 percent of digital marketing spends. So if a franchisee chooses to spend $10,000 in digital marketing, they might only have six to $8,000 of those actual dollars they're spending going into generating leads for them where our franchisees will get 100% of that. So we continue to get into these things, controlling the distribution of lights. We want to deliver the absolute best price on lighting to our franchisees and keep availability for them. We show in our item 19 on Blingle that we have about a 92% customer retention rate. And our average franchisee has 195 missed leads And we have a 50% close ratio. And why do they have 195 missed leads on an annual basis? Because once the holiday season hits, people call and all the products sold out. So what we're doing, so you're missing almost 100 jobs, an average job size of around $1,500. Do the math, that's a lot of money you're leaving on the table and then the retention of that to grow a business. So if we control the distribution, we have that all that we have stocks, we've got $5 million in lights on the way uh, from China that we've already ordered that will arrive over the first and second quarter next year. So we've got more capacity for our franchisees to launch and be successful. And those 195 missed calls, they'll be able to take them and they won't have to turn them away because they don't have product.
1: That's just so incredibly powerful. And and honestly, I think people listening to this, that think that's the standard or there are other people offering that. That is really, really a differentiator for you guys. And, and it continues to be for franchisees to be able to scale without the fear of outgrowing the brand because the brand isn't ready to go. And especially in a time where supply chain are two words that, you know, have become synonymous with F-U, essentially, it's very exciting that you guys have been able to secure all of these things. Now, you guys have given a lot of nuggets today, a lot of great stuff. I would just love to hear from you. And we ask almost every guest, what is your personal compelling reason for getting into franchising?
2: I can answer that first. For me, uh, the, the goal initially was to help more people recognize their abilities to get into business ownership with the support of a franchisor. Today, it's very much focused on helping as many people live the American dream and unleashing a power within them that they didn't realize they had. Uh, the most rewarding thing for me as a franchisor today is those conversations I have with people a year two, three years down the road after they launched their business that say, Josh, if you would have told me when I was looking at this opportunity that I would have been able to grow my business to where I am today, invest as much as I did, and more importantly, acquire the funding to help me get here, I would have told you you're crazy. And so Zach and I often say, you know, our life's work at this point because we've been very successful in franchising. And if we wanted to hang our hat up and go do Something else, outside of working every day, we could, but we're very passionate about this industry. We say that we want to develop and build as many millionaires through business ownership as possible. We're proud to say that we've done it for, you know dozens of people thus far, and we won't stop until we do it for thousands of people. And that's what we're really working towards.
0: And if you were to kind of leave everybody that's listening with a piece of advice, what would your one piece of advice be for somebody that is thinking about being an entrepreneur for the first time?
2: The best advice I would give them is you, you have to take risks. You're never going to have a hundred percent of the answers that you're looking for. And Zach mentioned it earlier. It's an 80 20 rule. You're going to get 80% of the information you need and 80% of your confidence from what the franchise work can bring to the table the other 20% is what you're going to do. Look yourself in the mirror and recognize that you need to take a leap of faith. You're never going to have every single thing that you need to make that make that decision, but recognize that just because a successful franchisor brings a level of you know, systems, processes, and support to the table like a horsepower brands does, you as an individual make up more than 50% of the overall equation of your success story. So I always say people make the difference and it's the absolute truth. You know, you just look yourself in the mirror, do a gut check, and recognize that I'm capable of doing this. Humans are, are very capable and powerful individuals. Get outside your comfort zone and break the mold. What would you add to that, Zach?
3: You know, uh, I try to speak from a lot of experience on what, you know, people are afraid, afraid of what they really haven't thought about. They're saying, well, like, you know, what if it doesn't work? Or I was like, what if it doesn't work? What would happen? what would you do? You had to close down. What would you do? And you talk through it and it's never as bad as they thought it was. Um, uh, so, uh, I do, so I'll kind of answer the first question you guys answered or asked. So Josh and I both grew up in a, in a household where the, um, our fathers were entrepreneurs. And I remember going to work with my dad all the time when I was really little up until I think I was tired of, not getting, tired of working and not getting paid. So then I went off on my own and Josh did the exact same thing. Uh, but growing up in that, where you, know, you get to spend time with your family at work, makes you uh, I think gives you a different experience and a different outlook on life. So when, uh, when we look at doing this, you know starting a business is not easy. It is definitely hard. So a franchise is supposed to put systems and processes in front of you to make it a lot easier. And I think where we can provide a lot of value to people on this earth is putting them in a place where they can, a, as Joshua likes to say, can give them more time back and freedom to spend with things that they, they hold dear which is their families uh b is give them financial freedom through business ownership so they're in control of their own destiny and then the last which i go back to growing up is that you can you can give you know from a legacy standpoint you can give your children an experience of working in a family business that you can only get from working in a family business and um so, like when I think about those three things, that's exactly what it is. And the best advice that I, I like to give people is what's the worst that could happen? So, do you want to do it? The answer is always, I do want to do this, but I'm scared of what, you know, what was it? Let's walk through what would happen if your worst fear came true. And that? It's like, you know, to be honest, it kind of sounds like if you didn't do this and you didn't take the recipe, then what would happen? Then you think about it every day that you wish you would have done it. That sounds a lot worse than the opposite. So, I think uh, uh, that uh, that what's the worst that could happen is is probably the thing that we like to, I like to ask a lot of people.
0: Great. I love that. Well, you shared a lot of great information today, and we appreciate your time. And it was great chatting with you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks,
3: thanks guys. Thanks, guys.
1: Wow, Britt. Lots of awesome nuggets there. I feel like I'm writing notes and thinking things through. I love the name Blingle. (laughs) Um, I do too. I do too.
0: Yeah, I think really talking to these guys, it shows that they are passionate about building strong systems, having the right infrastructure, the right partners, acquiring those vendor partners, making sure there's adequate support for the franchisees. So that's why I personally continue to show their brands. I know that they really care about
1: their franchisees and they shared a lot of great information today. And the passion is tangible, you know, and and I love that they say it's going to be work. It's going to be this. You got to make a choice. And if you're not ready to do those things, maybe you're not ready for it. And I just the honesty is refreshing. Certainly. it is. I agree. So if you got really excited um, in during this podcast and you want to learn more about horsepower or other franchising brands, please email us at info at com. follow the Franpath Consulting podcast on Apple, Spotify or Podbean. You can find us on Instagram at Franpath, Facebook at Franpath Consulting, LinkedIn, at FranPath Consulting, or do not forget that we have a free business assessment on our website, www.FranPathConsulting.com. Have a great week.